Hey, humanoids. Today's episode of The Masked Man Show is brought to you by TheRinger.com, where we've got extensive World Cup coverage. It's awesome, and you know you want it. Everything you need to know leading up to the NBA draft and free agency, and a personal favorite of mine, Robert Mays' oral history of Gaslight Anthem's The 59 Sound. It's a really cool piece. Check that out. And there's much, much more, as always. We are brought to you by The Ringer Podcast Network, where you can check out The Ringer FC to prep you for the World Cup, Shack House in the U.S. Open, The Ringer NBA Show, Binge Mode, Harry Potter! It's happening, and it's awesome. And as well as my other podcast, Westworld, The Recapables, and The Press Box on the Channel 33 podcast feed. So be sure to subscribe to all of those wherever you get your podcasts. Now hit the damn music. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Long. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show. It's a beautiful day. It really is. It's, it's a super beautiful nice day outside. outside. It's a beautiful day in the pro wrestling world. Um, Money in the Bank is this Sunday. Ooh-wee. I can't wait to cash in. CM Punk lost a UFC fight. Ooh. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion. Match of the Century with uh, Okada and Omega. Match of the Century. Match of the Century. Is this yeah, some you could... certain low information <laughs> podcasters might, uh, might say? m m m m m m m I've never listened to a podcast like that where people would say that, so um, I wouldn't know. We are going to talk about all this. We're going to do our uh, our Money in the Bank predictions, and uh, you know, there's a lot of matches to predict. Uh-huh. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about New Japan. We're going to talk about some news. Let's talk off the top, just because it's. I mean, it's not just to get it out of the way. Mm-hmm. CM Punk. What a shame. I was having a conversation about this with, uh, with, I think Kenny Herzog b- the other day. But like that, like the two biggest wrestling storylines of 2018 so far, the two biggest things in literally in pro wrestling in WWE are Daniel Bryan making his comeback, and you can say what you will about that, uh, about how that's gone so far, and and CM Punk getting. Uh, proving to be a jobber in the UFC. <laughs> I don't know if it was because he didn't train enough because no. of the trial, lack no, of no, focus, no, no, no. no, or if he's just not cut out for MMA at all. I think it's that one. I mean, well, I mean, your your mileage may vary with Joe Rogan, uh, but I think he had the right take on this. Um, Punk's just not an MMA fighter. Yep. The fact that I mean, I think to me, when he fought the first time, when he when he fought Mickey Gall, I said, you know, the interesting question here, and of course, I'm just like the I do everything in meta analysis because I've been writing about wrestling for too long. But the interesting question for me is, if you're a fairly athletic dude with all the money in the world and the access to the best trainers and an opportunity to fight at UFC, and your goal is to not be embarrassed, spend a couple years training, can you can you pull it off? The answer was no. But that first match ended so quickly that it almost gave Punk a pass. As crazy as that might sound, if he had, you know, he could have feasibly made more of a fool of yourself in the amount of time it took for him to lose. But there's a lot of fighters in UFC where, you know, no matter how good you are, if you just slip up and let your opponent get your back, it's over. You know, I mean, it's just it's there's not a lot you can do. I think there's a lot of evidence there that Punk wasn't, you know, ready for the main event. But anyway, what we saw against Mike Johnson at uh, UFC 225 um, was just ridiculous. I can mean, you, can you think of a name that's less scary than Mike Johnson? 
Well, can you think of a move that's less scary than tickling your opponent? Because Mike Johnson literally did that <laughs> in the octagon. Uh, Mike Johnson, who is a former MMA, I, I said journalist. He was a he was a photographer. I mean, wrestling. I mean, he was people around the the writerly world were friends with the guy. Um, started his career as a fighter and had a good showing against Punk. Just basically had like sp a sparring session with him. You know, I mean, it was it was this, almost like just wrestling a broomstick. But he just took you just you know, just teed off on him for the whole fight. He basically fought himself out of a job too because he didn't finish him. Yep. Dana White was so offended by the fact that he was just toying with him or, or he seemed to be toying with him that, that uh, you know, Punk has so little respect from from that quarter that, that the fact that Johnson didn't just knock his head off was like, you know, damning, was damning on Johnson's that, uh, uh Record that shows you how bad CM Punk is at at MMA fighting. Yeah, I mean, so the and the the Joe Rogan take is basically he just doesn't he's just not a fighter. It's sort of like when Brooke Hogan tried to be a pop star. She uh, had all of her dad Hulk Hogan's money, all the access to television, and mm -hmm. being on TNA and like really pushing her her so called music career. But if you don't have talent, it doesn't you know, matter. I this is not has nothing to do with wrestling. But I used to make this argument when people would make fun of Britney Spears back in the day because it was all studio and like whatever else, and you, all these pop stars. You release that someone has a, uh, the audio of them singing live in concert, unfiltered, and it sounds terrible. But it's like if you're not, you have to be a certain level of talented, dancing, singing, whatever, just to like get in the door. You yep, know. Yep. Um, and. You know, sometimes with you like the Brooke Hogan example is a good one. You just like she didn't. She just had the golden ticket. CM Punk is a Brooke Hogan of uh, Ultimate Fighting, and uh, that's just mean though. That is I so feel cruel. Like it's a weird thing. Well, anyway, CM Punk lost his UFC career is over. He might keep fighting. Whatever. Bellat I, Bellator will definitely take him. Yeah, not a question right now. If he wants to keep fighting, he can do that. But the more important question to me is whether or not they've beaten some sense into him. And he's ready to go back to wrestling. Because, sure, it's great that he gets to live his dreams. Yeah. But there are millions and millions of wrestling fans who realize the missed opportunity to see him wrestle at a high level, doing what he is truly excellent at. Yeah. It's not fair to us, not that he gives a shit about us, but those of us who were fans of his see what he could have been if he had said, I'm leaving WWE and I'll go to Ring of Honor or I'll go to Japan or yeah, it, whatever. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. I mean, he he could, I feel like going to Japan would be a great move for his legacy just in terms of like, there's, it's, you know, there's more legitimacy to it and the sort of broad perception. And Think about him and, and Omega, the new IWGP champion headlining a Wrestle Kingdom. Like what yeah. he, Omega already you know, sold out the building or came close to it with Jericho. He could do the same thing with CM Punk. Could you ever see him back in WWE? I'm glad you asked that because I was thinking about those Corey Graves tweets. I got it right here. When did he tweet this stuff? Not long after the fight. And he said, uh, this is from Corey Graves' uh, his Twitter account. Maybe abandoning everybody who stood by your side even when we weren't supposed to only to have you turn your back on us wasn't the right move after all. No anger, only sadness. Separately, next tweet. Ah, oh, seems the quote-unquote fans are disappointed. Maybe you guys should know that, quote, that dude held my first son before I did because I was on tour and I trusted him. I had dinner with him the week after he quit. Next tweet, the first rule of, quote, punk rock is loyalty, and this guy betrayed it all. I still love you, quote, friend, and I'm sorry you got, I'm sorry you got lost. <laughs> Do you think I, you got lost means he got lost along his way, or that it was supposed to be like you got beat and you lost and it blurred together? I think he meant you got lost along the way and you okay. don't, don't see the, the, the truth of your life. It's been obscured. Next tweet, don't worry. Hey, at Vince McMahon, this has nothing to do with you. You either at Triple H. This isn't corporate. This is real life. Calm down, inner nerds. Next tweet, uh, someone questions his loyalty. He says, my loyalty. Oh, would you like the before or after? I've got both. I mean, one can only be shit on by their, quote, best friend for so long before they smarten up. No, but it's cool. I'm sure you love Kenny Omega and you know more about this business and friendship than I do. Wink, uh, winky face. <laughs> and Kenny Omega responded with a, a gif of, I forget who it was, but someone shrugging because he had, I, I don't know why Kenny Omega was mentioned in this tweet. He doesn't either, clearly. It's all very strange okay, stuff. More from Corey Graves uh, responding to another person. Dude, I'm far from distraught. I'm in a good place. I'm just really bummed that I had a true friend turn his back on me for no other reason than the company that employs me. 
And then finally, hey, CM Punk, call me tomorrow. I still love you. <laughs> Other than the like 12 tweets saying you're a lying snake. Other than that, no, I love him. He's a great guy. I mean, I don't but think anyone's terribly surprised back. to hear that about CM Punk, right? I mean, sure. He's not the most well loved guy in the locker room. He never was. That wasn't the point. That was probably part of why his career. Seem to start. Yeah, but there's. All, I mean, there, okay, but, but there is a distinction, and who knows if you know people listening to a wrestling podcast will care. There is a distinction between someone who's perceived to be standoffish or fool themselves in a locker room. The locker room has any locker room has their fair share of that person, and someone who like just turns their back on a friend for whatever perceived grievance that doesn't exist. Yeah, I mean, we've heard plenty of rumors about Sasha Banks being disliked in the in the locker room or. Alexa but that's different. Bliss. It would be different. I mean, that's fine. If you don't like, if you're not liked in the locker room, that's part of being a champion. Sure, that's what I mean. Is like, yeah, that it, it does. You are correct that it does seem very different what these circumstances sound like versus the regular backstage heat that happens because people are spending 340 days a now, year together. Uh, that said, you know, you move on with your life and you make choices, and maybe you just don't text a dude back for a year. You know, maybe you're just like, "Fire, I just don't want to think about it." I can't even get you to text me back sometimes. That's 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 true. Exactly, a lot of people can't get me. To text and me. we're still friends, okay, well, Corey Graves. Maybe uh, you should get a life. Here's the thing: you should no Corey Graves I'm is a joking. wonderful human being. I'm just trying to get heat. I will with Corey give Graves. I will give you advice to everybody listening out there. If you're bad at corresponding with people, the best way to stay friends is to have a weekly podcast together. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, that's the only reason we're still friends. Um, so anyway, um, WWE. So, I mean, clearly there's some animosity there. Uh, you know, I think that there's anything that anyone has heard about WWE's tenor towards eventually maybe bringing CM Punk back, not that he's they've been asked or whatever else. Any any word that you got is sort of out the window because after the trial, we just there's got to be a reset or like a recalibration of feelings. And I don't know if it's, you know, Triple H and Vince saying, now that that thing's over, we can finally think about this, maybe bringing him back. Or if it's like they won that case, so like double fuck them, you yeah. know? We don't know how that's going to play out. And we don't know if CM Punk will ever want to go back. I saw a long interview we did with Ariel Wani before the fight, and he was like, yeah, nobody's ever asked me to come back. But they did a subsequent interview on a, a red carpeter at some sort of UFC media uh, availability and said, I'm not, I'm done with wrestling. He said it multiple times. But, but you got to say that. that could I mean, be, yeah. You're going to your UFC fight. As far as we know, we're being worked every time he opens his mouth. Anyway. I, I think the one opportunity for him to come back that would make sense for both sides is 2019 first episode of SmackDown on Fox. Yeah. And that and that's the sort of call that like you can imagine Vince, you can imagine Fox exec making. Go just get him. It. Yeah. Another thing that would be really awesome would be uh if they just brought him they they, they just pulled a Mauro Ronaldo, just bring him back and he's like I'm signing an NXT exclusive deal. I will never wrestle for anywhere else. That'd be amazing. And I have full creative control or something. That'd be just great. like let him do that. Yeah. If you um, want to build that brand there are two guys like, who build, could do put it. it put a new put a new performance center in Chicago and just let him be the <laughs> champ. Yeah, um, that would be really fun. Imagine if that was the imagine if you like WrestleMania, SummerSlam, all you know, whatever the big weekends that you were showing up in the NXT show on Saturday night was like CM Punk headlining. They'd be turning people away, brother. They'd be hanging from the rafters, as Gorilla Monsoon used to say. That's sad. A lot of people, a lot of my wrestling friends are like so out on CM Punk. They'd be happy to have him back. It's just like the same. Fe- I was on the NBA show briefly last week, and we like just Ma- like Dallas Mavericks fans, and me and Jason Gallagher and Jonathan Sharks <laughs> were in there talking and. And it was just like none of us wanted Mo Bamba, even though they're kind of like slated right there to grab him. And but then we were all just like talking trash about about Bamba, who like two of the three of us have really never seen more than a couple of highlights of. And but finally we were all just like, oh, if they drafted him, we're all in. Like it's to- like we love it. <laughs> and that's the CM Punk thing. A lot of people talk a lot of smack, but it would be fun to see him back. Mo Bamba has a, a bust name. You can tell if a guy's going to be a bust just from their name. So think about that when you're doing your drafts. Draft board. That seems sketchy. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on from CM Punk. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, do you want to just, you know, it's the, the biggest news of the week is that we finally have a pay-per-view coming up on Sunday. I feel so conflicted because we spent, how long have we been doing this podcast together? 18 months or something? Uh, yeah, over a year. Um, I feel like in, uh, I'll conservatively say 99.9% of the episodes we've done together we have at some point complained about how many pay-per-views there are. Uh, yeah. Now we now they finally spread it back out, and we're like, what What are we talking about this week? I don't know. Do we have anything to talk about? I've been dying for a pay-per-view. Um, it's a hell of a pay-per-view. It's a big pay-per-view. Money in the Bank 2018. 
couple of briefcases hung above the ring. Uh, 11 matches. 10 announced according to Wikipedia. I saw 11 earlier. Um, we got a lot of stuff to go through. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Let's just forget Raw. I, I already have. It's These are the go-home shows. They're really only about what's going to happen on Sunday. It's all about sitting on ladders and then <laughs> slamming people into them. Um, all right. Let's start at the bottom of the card. WWE, Money in the Bank, 2018. This is a big one. Money in the Bank, it's it's big. Yeah, I, I think the, the problem... Okay, here, I'll just say this off the top. Do you want to go first? You go first. The problem with this, and I'm going to defend my my relative, uh, you know, boredom leading up to the show. Money in the Bank is, is should be one considered one of the big four pay-per-views. Get Survivor Series out of here. Bill Simmons has been making this case forever. Money in the five. Bank is a thing. Get out of here but, with but that. Any, but anyway, this is a premier pay-per-view. The problem with Money in the Bank is that the central conceit has nothing to do with storytelling. It's about future storytelling, not about the build, right? You can do qualifying matches all you want, and maybe that's the smart move. Just do straight up qualifiers like a like a like a round robin tournament that goes for eight weeks, and have it and you know and, and we don't know who's going to be in it until the week before, two weeks before. This, the telling the stories, putting all these guys in random tag matches, is like the most missable form of wrestling television ever. Yeah, and they've done a good job of having other matches that aren't the Money in the Bank matches, whatever. But that it's still when you're when you're top. What? How many are in each match? Your top ten, top eight, twelve, eight, eight, eight in each eight, one, eight per, four from each side, from the on the men's, and then the, is the women's eight too? Mm-hmm. So, so your top sixteen stars basically are not in storyline matches, right? That's a problem. Well, here's my take on this: is it's great that you teed it up because my thing I was going to say is a direct response to this: is that Money in the Bank functions as the first. Story like the the first act of a movie. Yeah, that's whether a good point. whether or not the TV leading up to it is compelling is almost beside the point because Money in the Bank's job is to kickstart WWE's 2018. the The year has ended after WrestleMania. You get backlash. It's kind of just reheated leftovers from WrestleMania from 2017. But now we can start to look at who's going to be in the title picture going forward. Who are are the the top stars? Who are the the, the guys and, and women who might be moving down the card? All of it starts to to take shape after Money in the Bank. It's a perfect time to have this show right before SummerSlam, when SummerSlam then really kind of like kicks the rest of the year into high gear. So I don't mind the shows are kind of dull. It's just part of the fact that wrestling is on every week and they don't take weeks off, and some of them are going to yeah. be kind of. Blah, and some of them are going to be more interesting. I thought SmackDown actually had some pretty good wrestling mm-hmm. on Tuesday. If the wrestling is good, I Raw can... has some good wrestling, too. Yeah, I can ignore the I, lack that of women, story. That women's match featured several near deaths, and it was, <laughs> but it was fantastic. Yeah. I- Ember Moon uh, split Sasha Banks in half with that uh, tope suicida. Yeah, I mean, the, the, Sasha had to help with that, right? So on some level, she knew what she was doing. It's but all it, Sasha's selling. But yeah. that was... She's one wow. of the best in the business at selling. All right, let's let's per, let's make some predictions. We're not going to spend any time on the beginning on some of these. Uh, Bludgeon Brothers versus Gallows and Anderson. This sounds like the pre-show match. I believe they even announced it as such. Uh, the Bludgeon Brothers are going over. I don't I don't see a reason why they job here. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass. Interesting. Well, I mean, well, what do you think about the last match? Oh, you sorry, just Bludgeon on? Brothers for sure. Yeah, I think we're in agreement there. This is an interesting one because if you want this to continue and you want. A uh, big cast to get anything out of this, he has to win. This feels a little bit like big cast, like the match they they wrestle for two minutes and then big cast like power bombs him through the announce table fourteen times and it's a DQ and then. But I guess they, I mean, I'm trying to think of a way that you can make them both look strong, but then have this sort of be the end of the feud. Well, I think the easy out is the established leg injury that that Daniel Bryan yeah. has. So if if they worked that big on on Tuesday, they worked it very big on Tuesday, and it's a little bit of foreshadowing, I think, for what's going to happen where Cass uses that injury against Daniel Bryan. So and Cass, you think met. Cass is going to learn a leg lock? I think so. Yeah, I don't I don't know if he's going to tap out, but I I could see Daniel Bryan's leg collapsing and 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 Cass being able to get a pinfall. Uh, he has to win. I, I'm going with Big Cass here, as much as that's going to enrage a lot of our listeners. Nothing else makes sense in this in this situation, unless you're burying Big Cass, which is also odd to me. Yeah, 
I mean, it would be kind of cool if they, yeah, they should just have him learn a move. Just he's doing, he does like the Queen's Crusher. Isn't it time Daniel for Bryant. him to learn a move? Yeah. Just one. One would think. So who are you going with? You're going with Big Cass? Big Cass, yeah. I think you go, I, I think that that makes sense. I could see this going either way. There's still all that lingering Big Cass has heat meta storyline. I don't think, I don't put a lot of stock in that. But this could just be, you know, Big Cass, you got your shot. Now you just got to lose because he hasn't been setting the world on fire. It makes a little bit more sense to have Big Cass go over with a little, you know, chicanery. Yeah, well, just yeah, a little, little, maybe some chicanery, maybe just some, some, you know, mumbo jumbo with the knee, and then have Daniel Bryan, you know, come out to cut a promo on Big Cass, but get interrupted by Samoa Joe, and we just go there. You yeah. know, like that's it's it wouldn't be that hard to send Daniel Bryan into another top level feud with someone else. Seth Rollins versus Elias uh, for the Intercontinental Championship and uh, the pride of a busted guitar. This has been a tasty one for me. I think this has been the most interesting it's good. feud so far. And like we said last week, f- fans love to see these guys together. My biggest complaint with this is that it w- they sh- they did it in reverse order. We should have started with Seth Rollins busting a guitar mm. and ending and ended the feud or ended the build with with Elias beating the shit out of him with a guitar. Yeah, I agree There's with no, that. Like that, like stomp doing the stomp on a guitar that John Mayer gave him is not the climax. Is not the, the highest point of this feud so far, and it should have been. I mean, what happened on Monday should have been the thing that got you most interested. Yeah, but that rarely seems to be the motivation for the writers for a go home show. It's not the it's not the highest point of action. It is well, who needs to stand tall before the pay per view? That's really all that it seems like is is character. Um, Character, yeah, De- not development because no. they're not being developed, but character service. Yeah, would you have been more happy if if uh, Elias had gimmicked his own guitar so that there was like a bed of nails inside of it? <laughs> that would have been a good gimmick. Yeah, I would have thought it would be cool if they like maimed Seth Rollins. That's a great He's idea. Like, oh, there's holes in my foot and blood yeah. squirting everywhere. <laughs> that would have been fantastic. I would have laughed. Most of, okay, so I think we can go ahead and call this the match of the night. Uh, in advance, Bobby Lashley versus Sam- oh wait, who, what's your pick? So, yeah, that's I was okay. Making my Bobby Lashley versus Sammy Jane joke. Get the hell out joke. of here. Seth Rollins versus Elias. Tough one, man. I I want to see Elias with the belt. I think I'm going, Seth on, Rollins, I'm going Elias. Seth Rollins stood tall on Raw. I don't think they're ready to take the belt off. As of much as now. I, as much as all fans of our ilk pay lip service to like, I want a great champion like Rollins with a long reign with the IC title and legitimacy and everything else. This feels like Elias. I kind of miss when the belt would would hot potato. I, I would say on any other show, I would feel really good about Elias because this is sort of just a opening act, no pun intended, to a bunch of big ladder matches. This like everything besides the two big matches could just be like standing pat, basically, you know. We're just killing time before people start climbing ladders. I think he keeps it could go that, either way, but what's your pick? I think, Elias? I think he Rollins. keeps I think Rollins keeps that belt until Dean Ambrose comes back. My pick is uh my my, my pick's Elias. Uh Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn in the the two hour Broadway that we've all been waiting for. <laughs> you thought it couldn't get any dumber. I didn't and then they do the obstacle course that course. much. It was fine. It was silly, I, but it was fine. It fit it it was it was of a piece with what came before, but it was a step in the right direction. And listen. Same, they got to find ways for Sami Zayn to look, uh, you know, compelling. He's doing he's doing good with the comedy stuff. The problem is that that Bobby Lashley is coming out just looking like a dodo. Yep. Oh, cool! You did you you can you can do a lot of athletic maneuvers on an obstacle course. Of course you can. You're an elite athlete. Like right. What? The payoff to this storyline should have been. Sami Zayn is doing like Bobby Lashley this is your life in the ring and Bobby Lashley comes down and grins and then just beats the shit out of Sami Zayn wouldn't that be nice anyway, anyway who's gonna win this is Bobby Lashley there's no there's yep. no way Sami Zayn wins <sighs> Sami Zayn is getting squashed Maybe it won't be like a like a 30 second squash but it'll be like 5-7 minutes there are gonna be some five some short matches on this card uh-huh. we got a lot to cover this is one of them Roman Reigns Versus, so I got I got Lashley, you got Lashley. Now, next match, Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal. This will be 78 minutes. This will be as long as they need, baby. This is going to no, be the main be event. Relati- relatively short, but they'll make it long. They'll probably put it on late to make it seem like a big deal. Um, uh, who you got? I, I like- don't care about this at all. <laughs> I'm glad this is what they're doing with both these guys, but come on. I th- I thought Jinder has done pretty decently as as a heel antagonist for Roman Reigns. Thus far, I wouldn't say that I'm dying to see these segments ever or this match. 
I'm going to go with gender. I think this is a good place to get him some heat. Which Singh brother is so with gender? Sunil. Sunil Singh taking that spear. And Roman Reigns like almost landed on his head. That was some pretty impressive stuff. It's it's good. They should just have Roman Reigns fighting tiny cruiserweights every week because it's a good look. Like, I like it. Um, So wait, who's your pick? I'm taking taking gender mahal. I'm going with Roman Reigns on this one. (laughs) All right, next. Carmella versus Asuka for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Oh, my God. Build for this one's been good. I don't, yeah. I don't mind this. I love both of them. Yeah. I think Carmella's a really great heel. She's a coward. She is obnoxious. She does all the things you're supposed to do in 2018 to get, belt too. to get heat. Yeah, she's got the belt. And she's wrestling, if not the best performer on the WWE roster, number two, number three, somewhere in that top three. In Asuka, the crowd is going to want Asuka to win real, real bad, and I think she does. I do not think you can have her job to pay-per-views in a row, especially to Carmella. And this is not a knock on Carmella. This is just the way that her character is. She is not, uh, she has not been built to be an intimidating presence or to be... Uh, anyone that you should be afraid of. I I agree, but that but uh, th- I mean that takes me in the other direction. They're bi- they have deliberately built her to this point. They're building her to be a champion. And if they when they gave her the belt, they could have just done sort of what they did with the iconics and just be like, yeah, she's silly, but she's also a badass. They really haven't gone that route. So like, I think Oscar's probably going to win, but the storyline kind of makes more sense if Oscar has to chase more. I'm just I just don't like it. I just don't like the idea of her losing. I don't think it's a good time for her to lose. It's not the right person for her to lose. What to. if what if if anything, this has just been set up so that they can get a good match out of Carmella. Wait. Spoiler alert. Okay. I mean, for anyone listening to this, skip ahead one minute if you really if you don't like rumors or whatever. But there is a rumor that James Ellsworth is coming back to WWE. I have heard that rumor. He has denied it, which and is he has not a, worth he apparently anything. has a show in like yeah. Taipei or something. That like he's like way, he's on the other side of the world supposedly. Denying it is worth nothing. I will believe or disbelieve. But when I was the gonna say. Over. I was gonna say, and we won't discuss the spoilers anymore after this if you're listening. But the but the, the idea that someone may help Carmelo win. Even if that's like, maybe Charlotte is just like, no, I want to be the one. Uh, you know, there could be a lot of ways at, around this. Th- there is, a, I think, a situation where SmackDown's a bit babyface heavy. They don't really have a strong antagonist on the women's side, save for Carmella. I mean, the Iconics are great, but they haven't won a ton of matches. Um, I, you know, one of the most amazing things, one of those moments where you're like, wow, we are in a different place. Well, I had a couple of those this week. One of them was watching CM Punk lose and not, and then realizing that WWE doesn't particularly need him. Although it'd be, you know, there's ways they could deal with him, but it's like we got wrestlers now. But the other thing was that the the women's four on four match they had on SmackDown, where you're just like, wait, there are four, there are four w- there, women wrestlers on SmackDown that aren't in the Money in the Bank. Remember when, like, it wasn't that long ago that we were like. Oh wait, we actually have enough female wrestlers in WWE to have a Money in the Bank letter match. Yeah, the fact that they have now, now we have twice as many. Then they're gonna keep coming, man. I'm yeah. sure Nikki Cross is is coming Fantastic. at some point. Uh, Maybe Carmella can just get the remnants of Absolution and uh, the Iconics and just start like the NWO of of the women's. Last division. week I suggested a DX, and I think Carmella would be the greatest leader of yeah. She Generation X. That's true. I Carmella has. Baby faces, she can wrestle. That is the only reason why I think she could possibly win is because there's just so many people for her to feud with on that side from Naomi to Becky Lynch to Charlotte to Asuka again in the return. I'm going to change my pick and say Carmella. Well, yeah, it just I, makes storytelling sense for imagine, her to keep the yeah, belt. How great would it be if we started off on next Tuesday with like a four-person, eight per- no, make it eight, an eight-person bracket for the number one contendership, and you can just tell all the stories from there, and Carmella is just, like, sitting at ringside on a little, like, like lifeguard's chair, a pink lifeguard's chair or something. Queen of the ring tournament. Yeah. Do it. Let's do it, man. And that makes the most sense Yeah, with, with Carmella separate from it, so we get to see... You know, Becky versus Asuka and Charlotte versus Asuka and Charlotte versus, you know, all the all yeah. of the cool combos. And you don't have to expose so, Carmella too much. So we're fantasy booking Carmella into the victory. Who do you think is going to win? I'm going to go with Carmella now that we've talked it out. I'm going to go with Carmella too. And aside from everything else we've said, it's just like this doesn't feel like the night for Asuka to win. Maybe, yeah. maybe. I'm not, it's not impossible, but like 
she, I feel like they're going to find a way to drag it onto SummerSlam or even further for her, for her, for, you know, momentous win. Um, All right. Yep. On the Raw, the Raw Women's Championship division, we have Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey. I'm guessing this is the main event of the show. It's either this or the Roman match. You don't uh, think they're going to end with the men's ladder match? Nope. I think it's this or Roman. And all right, that's interesting. I am going to make a bold prediction. Because that's what this is all about. This show is about boldness. This is, is this about a, is this you, is this a stone cold lock as well? Your, putting your ass on the line. This is a stone cold lock. It's the Schlage lock of the week, as far as I'm concerned. Uh-huh. Schlage does not sponsor this podcast. I just want to make that known. Ronda Rousey is winning in a very quick match. Okay. There's going to be an arm bar. Nijax is going to tap out. And you're gonna yeah, be, be like, they gotta oh do my the power, but the armbar power, but like Nijax doing the, but if they, if she just like power bombs her, but Ronda holds on, like yeah. this could be a, it could be they could do a really cool match in one minute. I could see this being about seven minutes of, you know, Nia showing off her power moves and then Ronda throwing the judo stuff out and her winning the belt, and you're gonna be shocked. You're gonna be like, oh my god, she's only had one singles match on television, and it was, it was this, and she wins the belt. Well, then Natalia's music hits. And she's got the briefcase, and she cashes in on a tired Ronda Rousey, wins oh. the belt, and now we've got ourselves a summer program for Ronda so Rousey. So this goes on as the main event to set up a cash-in. You bet. Natalia is walking out with that Raw Women's Championship. The leg injury was a work the whole time. That seems, that seems really meta. That the, the, your, part of the storyline is that Natalia is really good at faking injuries. What if she? Yeah, well, she's what, a heel. Ultimately, we know she's a heel. But what if her explanation turning. was like, "I grew up in a wrestling household. Of course, <laughs> I can fake injuries." Owen Hart did it all the time. Um, listen, uh, I don't. I don't dislike that idea. I think it'd be a weird. It's kind of weird for for Nia. You make Ronda look good by winning. But you also get the belt off of her because she can't defend the title every week. She clearly is. I not have an honest question for you. This is not, I'm not shitting on anybody. Like, but for real, can if they decided to do as you described it, like the the Nia Jax feats of strength to start the match, would you feel comfortable if you're booking this match, letting Ronda get ragdolled around? Like, can she? Do you think she can bump? Even like half of what like Alexa Bliss can do when she's when she was getting even Alexa Bliss is not a great bumper, but I mean I think she's not gonna have a choice. Flatback bump, she can do that. Okay, she's that, she's been training long enough. She's probably yeah. taken a million flatbacks. Sure, sure. Um, all right. So your pick is Nia Jax in a quick one. I mean Ronda Rousey. Ronda in a quick Rousey one. is winning in five to seven minutes. And I have a hard time. I have a hard time agreeing with you, but I have I think I have an even harder time seeing Ronda Rousey lose. Exactly. And the storyline just hasn't been built. This is built to be a conventional match. Mm-hmm. There's no real underdog vibe. There's if they had done something with a little bit more of a angle, not the wrestling term, but sort of the wrestling term, I might go with you. I, I mean, I might, I might say that that Nia could win, that this is going to be the Ronda Rousey, you know, underdog story, basically. But that's not the story. Nope. So I'm with you. I think Ronda's going to win. All right. SmackDown, uh, the WWE Championship match, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. It's a last man standing match. This is going to be a big one. This could go, honestly, over 30. We'll see. <sighs> is there's 12 matches on the card. I don't know if anything is going past 20. Okay, first question. Yeah. Is the la- is and you know, you don't you don't obviously know this. Is the finish going to be an actual TKO or a KO like sort of last man standing like can't get to his feet. I'm I'm so hurt I can't get to my feet or is it going to be like a I tied my opponent's ankles to the ring post can't get to his feet. <laughs> I kind of like this being an AJ Styles uh, a Stone Cold-esque moment for AJ Styles, where he refuses to stay down. Shinsuke hits him with Kinshasa after Kinshasa after Kinshasa, maybe five, six of them. And the and the crowd is just like, stop it. It's cruel what you're doing to this poor man. And then finally, one last one puts him down for 10. He wins the belt. I think Shinsuke has to win the belt in this moment. Otherwise, his credibility is shot. You can't have three title matches, lose all of them, mm-hmm. 
and then be able to still be a main eventer if you lose the fourth one. Yeah. He's got to win. He's got to win here. Yeah. And there is something like this feel I would be very excited to see him win. I loved his match with Hardy on Tuesday and really could, like was not into AJ's promo. Like AJ's been overall such a good promo since he came to WWE, but it, it's just like I'm the champion and I will continue to be the champion shtick is just like not doing it for me right now. It's gotten a little stale. He needs to be chasing the belt again. It's like, yeah. Um, His promo on SmackDown was what? One, two words? <laughs> Very brief uh, mm-hmm. answer to a Jerry Lawler question. They paid Jerry Lawler for that. Think about that. <sighs> Golden Boss shirts don't come cheap. Uh, all right. Now we're at it. Now we're we're at the two big money in the bank ladder matches. And you're going with Shinsuke as well. I'm going, sure. I'm going with Shinsuke. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's a smart pick, but I just feel like now's the time. It's the it's the smart pick if you're looking at it from a storytelling perspective or from a just a heat perspective. Yeah, but if it it's felt like the moment every time they fought. We got to give it to Shinsuke eventually, right? Well, at some point, you just stop believing. Don't stop believing. Never stop believing. Um. All right, Money in the Bank ladder match for a women's championship contract. You already know the big white briefcase. Ember Moon, Charlotte Flair, Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Natalia, Lana, Naomi, and Sasha Banks. Does Lana officially not have an accent anymore? This is the important thing. She kind of subtly throws it out. Is she a baby face or was she just in with the baby face? She's a baby face now, pretty sure. Does that mean Rusev is a baby face? Yeah, he, he wrestled the Miz. The ultimate heel. Okay. I'm not sure about it. It it didn't help his heat at all. If I just, gave you, last question, if I gave you a Lana, a happy Lana Day t-shirt, would you wear it? Absolutely not. Um, would you consider Lana, we talked a little bit about this last week with Sami Zayn, would you consider Lana taking that gimmick an example of stolen valor? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, I think so. I think it's stolen heat. Uh, borrowed heat, all of that, caged heat, various heats here. All right, I'm going to put these, I'm going to, uh, do we have odds? Oh, uh, we should look at betting odds. Oh, great. Dave Schilling? Yes, sir. Good news. BetWrestling.com agrees with you. I knew it. Um, I'm just going to run through the odds right here for the women's money in the bank match. Naomi is at plus 3,000. Yeah, that's a good odds. I actually, that's not a bad bet because she seems to always, she's, she's always ready to surprise us with the big win. She ends up winning in weird places that you wouldn't expect. You're right. But um, no, I'm not taking that money. In weird places. What is it? Like, in the back of a Volkswagen uh, Ember at the Moon, grocery store. Ember Moon and Lana are both plus 1100. Although I don't, that's, I don't mind those Ember Moon odds either. I mean, she could, she's not winning. It could be a moment for a big one. Nope. Um, Lana. Nope. 1100. Becky Lynch plus 900. Sasha Banks plus 500. <laughs> Charlotte Flair is plus 405. And I think that's just to differentiate her from Alexa Bliss, who is plus 400. They kind of both 400s, but they give Charlotte a little bit longer odds. And then Natalia plus 160. Shocking to so me. The best odds in the whole. I mean, the, the, the most likely winner, according to Bet Wrestling, is, is Natalia. Natalia. I, I, I don't know why Lana has better odds than Naomi, other than because. The Mrs. Money in the Bank gimmick could be kind of funny. It would be a good gimmick. And she's been given more screen time lately. Well, yeah. yeah. She would look good with the briefcase, which is your your test, is would they look good carrying a briefcase. Natalia is the only one that makes any storytelling sense here. Sasha Banks never wins a big match on pay-per-view. That's not going to end on Sunday. Charlotte doesn't need the briefcase. Alexa Bliss is... would make a little bit of sense, but she's actually smaller than the briefcase, so that would be a weird gimmick. <laughs> they can put her inside the briefcase. Put, and make carry it, her get through. like get wheels and a handle on that thing, and oh, then um, she is very small. <laughs> um, the one that I could see, and this is a little bit fantasy booking, would be Becky, mm-hmm. only because everything else that you're talking about, I agree with you. By the way, everything else that we've discussed, like there, a lot of the stuff is sort of already in place for the next six months. Giving the briefcase to Becky doesn't really change anything above her on the card, but it legitimizes her. She needs it. It's her and Natalia who really need it. Yeah, I mean, Natalia's going to get Natalia's going to get her Ronda Rousey match one way or the other. If it's because she has the briefcase, because she pulls off a surprise win on Sunday, or because they just have a friendship falling apart angle in two months or something, you know, I mean, this is it's going to happen. But I love your storytelling. So, your pick for the women's Money in the Bank match is officially Natalia. Yes. 
Whew, I feel like I just want to go with like a safe bet on this. I was saying Becky would make some sense. Um, but, you know, it's one of those moments it's going to live on in history. So I'm just going to go with Charlotte Flair. You know what? That's the safest bet you could make other yeah. than Naomi. So I'm with Charlotte. Now, men's money in the bank match. Again, this is odds courtesy betwrestling.com. who's not a sponsor of the show yet. Longest odds. Bobby Roode plus 2,500. Not a chance. Then a big jump, plus 725, is Rusev, Finn Balor, and Kevin Owens all together. None of them seem like they're going to the top of the card anytime soon. I'm going to say a big nope. Well, I mean, there is some potential for Rusev and Lana both winning. Yep. We'll know if these matches both go on in the first like hour of the show. <laughs> I just don't think Vince McMahon is sitting around thinking about how he gets Rusev to the top of the card. Aiden English carrying two briefcases around. That'd could be, be amazing. Fantastic. Yeah, it'd be really funny. I just don't think that yeah. that's the guy who's getting Finn the rocket. Balor, I, I want to give out two like moment of the week awards, and those go to Kevin Owens and Finn Balor. Kevin Owens for that frog splash off the ladder through the announce table onto Braun Strowman, one of the coolest non pay per view moments I can remember. And Finn Balor, for if you have, if you get on YouTube, get on the WWE or on Hulu, ever you watch this shit, go back and watch it. Finn Balor's, as he was hold, as he was anchoring the ladder that Kevin Owens jumped off of, and then they cut to him after the frog splash, and he's doing this shocked face, but he's still like humping the ladder because he's in this really awkward, I'm securing it for this move position, and he looks like. He what's the name of the elf that you like hide around your house at Christmas the time? The elf on the shelf. Elf on the shelf. He's like elf on the shelf. That's what's <laughs> happening. He has this cartoon shocked look, but he's hugging the ladder all, like for dear life. I feel like Finn Balor humping a ladder is a dream a lot of people out there have all had. Right. So, uh it's that I'm I'm excited. Kevin Owens has, has been carrying this whole thing for the past couple of weeks I'm, and I mean along with Finn Balor and and the and Braun Strowman on Raw. Um, I enjoyed Kevin so Owens' runner. A little bit the show abo- way above Monday. them, significantly above them. Rusev, Balor, and Owens are all at plus 725. Then we get Samoa Joe at plus 470. People see the new haircut and they immediately think, we got this guy might be getting po- positioned. And then we, we got to get out of here soon. And then Braun Strowman plus 300. And at the top, The Miz plus 140. I'm going with The Miz. Miz is better odds than Natalia. I think in both You're cases just a front runner showing. Yeah, you, well, see, you just go with the go with the best bet. I'm not that. No, no, that's not true. Okay. Uh, if bet wrestling says it's true. It must be true. That's I what can't you're be thinking. a front runner as a Laker fan. No, that's true. Anyway, it, it seems to me that in both ladder matches, using the briefcase as a way to advance storylines is where they're going to go. Natalia winning gives her a a plot reason to turn on her friend Ronda Rousey. The Miz winning the briefcase gives him not only a second briefcase win, which is historic, I don't think anyone's ever won it twice, but also he gets a, a, a automatic birth into the main event, which you know we've been waiting for The Miz to get called up into the top of the card for a while. It seems to me like because they've been holding off on, on him and, and, and Daniel Bryan for so long, that having the briefcase is a way for them to, when they're ready, put these two guys together for the WWE Championship. Mm-hmm. And I can see Daniel but Bryan again, we don't beating need, Shinsuke. But you don't need a briefcase to put The Miz and, and Daniel Bryan. <laughs> you don't even need the WWE Championship. Yeah, but The Miz needs something fun to carry around. He doesn't have his wife anymore. No wife, well, no Miz kind of carrying him. But... no belt. Now he needs a briefcase again. Give him the briefcase. The only other person I think who really could use it is Braun Strowman, but I think you keep it away from Raw because if, as soon as someone has a briefcase on Raw, the question is, why don't they attack Brock Lesnar anytime he's out? Counterpoint. On the show. Counterpoint. Okay. When is the first episode? When does when does the Fox SmackDown show start? 2019. Right. But when in 2019? I don't know. I think probably after WrestleMania. Maybe Hear me maybe out, before. Ben. I don't know. What if you give the belt to Finn... Give the belt or the briefcase? The, the briefcase, sorry, yeah. to Finn or KO. Mm. And they break all the rules and use it to cash in on the first episode of SmackDown on Fox. Nah. Nah, man. No way. Nah. I can't, I can't, I cannot believe that you're suggesting that because then that means that 
these two guys who never got championship rematches for the universal title would would just sit on this briefcase for an over 365 days or however long it would be that just like destroys the credibility of both of those guys why are they carrying this friggin thing around Uh, you're right i just wanted it to be somebody who who is going to be a it was a future superman avenger and braun Strowman's maybe the more the better version of that but Oh, and also we have big with the TBA. I totally missed a, a new day member. A new, a new day member because they didn't have betting odds. <clears throat> Who's it going to be from the new day? Kofi, so we can do some crazy spots with the ladder. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of ways they could go with this. It'd be really. I mean, the cool thing. I mean, yeah. The only person who doesn't make sense winning it is whoever's in the new day, only because they have not been positioned as such to be championship contenders, but sometimes you, that is the best reason to give someone a briefcase. What is the rule about about um, cashing in the Money in the Bank briefcase when the champion is hunting in Canada? It's not like the hardcore title. You can't, you can't go to their house. No, and, I mean, but what if you say, I want to cash in right now and he's not there? You can't. You have, he has to be, he or she has to be in the room, I'm pretty sure, to have a match. You can't cash in and then... Have them get counted out. I mean, it would be kind of a fun gimmick if, like, Finn Balor won and said, "I'm cashing in now." Whenever the champion decides to show up, yeah. Why don't you show up? And he and, and Finn Balor literally is sitting in a folding chair next <laughs> to the ring for the next three months. I would like that, but he has I to don't go to see all the house happening. shows and just sit in a folding chair at ringside <laughs> for three months. That would be fantastic. I would enjoy that. Okay, who's your winner? I'm going with the Miz. I am going with. It's not going to Raw. I, just get that out of your mind. It's not going to Raw. It's, I can't see. I, mean, I have to default to who, who will look okay carrying it. Strowman, no. Balor, kind of would look okay, but it's too silly for him. The Miz would look great with it. Rusev would look great with it. Bobby Roode would look pretty good with it. Kevin Owens is a maybe in Samoa Joe's a no. Member of the New Day, I feel like. The, we're going to have, here's my problem with The Miz. He's feuding with the New Day next week. Mm-hmm. I, he could also have the briefcase, but I feel like he's already his dance card's full. Yeah, but the briefcase is not necessarily something that has to be You're front right. and center in the You're story right. at, at all times. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens. Did, is he, he's a previous winner of the Money in the Bank. Did he ever match? have a briefcase? No. no, he just got a bunch of title shots. Yeah, for some reason, I have a picture of him carrying the briefcase in my head. And now maybe he stole it from somebody. Um. All right, we got to end this segment. So I'm going to say Kofi Kingston. I love it. Great choice. Great choice. I'm going to say that I'm going to say the member of the New Day. Just to throw everything off. You're that right. I, I of all of the the weird choices, like that's the best one to me because that establishes that they're now going to be in the main event, and that's what the briefcase is supposed to be for. It's like the King of the Ring in the old days, and the three of them with the briefcase and the pancakes. Free and... bird rule the briefcase. Oh, that seems they all get it. That seems unfair. You're right. All right, we got to get out of here before we do. We need to talk briefly about uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion. I wanted to spend a whole hour on the show. It was fantastic. If you haven't seen it, subscribe to New Japan World right now. And first thing you do, fast forward to Omega Okada Four. Also catch that Jericho Na- uh, Naito match. Very good. Uh, the Young Bucks tag title match was great. Yeah, the junior really match was good. Just go out of your way to watch this. I'm sorry we can't talk about it. If you really want to talk about it, tweet at me, at Dave underscore Schilling. Um, what, 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 what's the future with Kenny Omega as the champion? Kenny is wrestling Cody uh, on July 7th at the Cow Palace. Love the Cow Palace. It's a shithole, but yeah. It's a legendary wrestling venue, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. A lot of WCW shots were, were done there. I think a, a Way few, before that, few Super Bowls. There, unless it's moved. Um, yeah, the, uh, the, yeah, it was a really cool match. Really cool to see him win the title. It feels like a big moment. Yeah. He's one step closer to coming to WWE, right? Am I right, kids? He's on WWE.com. You're just, you're just trying to get mean tweets now? I'm just trolling. I don't um, think he's coming ever. Yeah. Yeah, and that's okay. That's Just fine. Let him have video game showdowns with Xavier Woods, and that's that's that's, that's, that's really me. all we need. Yeah. That's really all we need. Yeah. 
Uh, what did we miss on this episode? Baron Corbin cut, shaved his head. That's the big. That's the biggest news of the he week. How did I so did... much like you? Like me? Yeah, I was I, like, is that I shoemaker was, as a constable we, now? Uh, my, the valet and I were cleaning out some drawers this week, and we found some my old photos, like way than like college days. And yeah, when I first shaved my head, I was definitely rocking the like the shaved head, not quite to the skin, but with the longer strap beard. I had that look. Sadly for Baron Corbin, I had that look in like 1999. Well, brother, you got your Halloween costume picked out for this year. Um, Get that constable but good, outfit. But good look by him. Smart of him to uh, to finally go through with it. Yep. Uh, they should have gotten some money out of it and done a hair versus hair match. What is this, man? In the old days, back in Memphis, they would have done a hair match. The heck? Kinda you weird. understand that? Yeah. They should have a. We're talking about a tournament. They should have a tournament of guys who are losing their hair, and the winner, <laughs> the winner gets to shave their head. <laughs> Everybody else has to because you can't have all bald dudes. TV. Oh, that's a good one. I like it. Um, but yeah, that's a very modern spin on the hair match. I like exactly. It. Um, like Vince McMahon comes to the ring and he's like, "I got one gimmick for a bald guy. <laughs> Everybody get, else has got to have gonna hair. You're gonna be a yeah, exactly." You're, you're gonna be a here. Put this wig wrestling on. garbage man. Wait, what, what's a what's a good bald career? Uh, plumbers, bald. Yeah. Uh, you could be in the Dungeon of Doom because Kevin Sullivan was pretty mm-hmm. much bald back then when he was a Taskmaster. There are a lot of great bald man gimmicks. Stone Cold Steve Austin. You might have heard of him. He was bald. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who's like a who are like traditionally bald. Uh, like uh, the gimmick, it, it's sort of like the like the Italian Guido sort of thing. Yeah, but they all but now it's all like the Jersey Shore hair, right? B- Bad uh, News Island was a bald man. Any well, there's a lot of bald wrestlers. I'm just saying, like, what is the line of like, what is the gimmick that you immediately think bald dude? Stone Cold Steve Austin. No, no, no the broad gimmick. Oh. Like, is he a plumber? Is he a cage fighter? Is he a uh, man from parts unknown? He's a badass. I mean, if you're bald, you're tough. That's lot, what it means. A lot of the Japanese guys and uh, and a lot of the, the the foreign heels back in the day were all bald. Yep. Anyway, Vince comes out. He's got a gimmick, a gimmick on a pole match, and you get to shave your head. That's what I'm looking for. Oh, I want to book and they, it. They wasted that. Book it. Anyway, um, we, we got to get out of here. We do got to get out of here. Banging on the door. Yeah. Great week. Um, great episode. Thank you for listening. Watch Dominion. Watch Dominion. Uh, apologies to Dean Ambrose. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. 